It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, guys? Bill Rossetti hit you guys back up. Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, powered, of course, by MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code Locked On to get up to 100% of your initial bonus or initial deposit matched by MyBookie. So get out there, go win, and go get paid with MyBookie.ag. Well, as you recall, yesterday, of course, we ran through. All of week 10, giving you our picks. I said I'd save week 10 for, or save the Panthers game for Friday. And now here we are, Friday, November 10th. And like I said, I'm excited for this one because getting the band back together. My old podcast partner, Ian Wharton, joining the show to talk Miami Dolphins. Ian, it's great to be talking with you again in podcast form, man. Yeah, man, for sure. Bill, I totally appreciate being able to come on and uh, you know, where you've been able to go since uh, we ended up, uh, you know, calling it quits on our other our other podcast uh, is awesome, man. I'm just really proud, really happy to see you having this success and uh, just stoked to be on and, and talking about the Panthers. And, and uh, you know, you guys are obviously having a, a pretty interesting season so far. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, really appreciate this opportunity, man. No, thank you, man. And I appreciate the support. Yeah, Ian and I, of course did our own podcast called the gridiron graduates for two seasons and it was a lot of fun it was great talk with him we had some good guests so i figured who better to talk about the dolphins than you know my old podcast partner so it's it's almost like we had that natural flow going so just kind of pick it back up so real excited and like i said thanks for the support man you, you know you were always there for me and i really do appreciate it so let's jump let's jump into it, man. So Monday night, Panthers Dolphins. Um, 
Dolphins certainly have had a interesting season. Like you just said about the Panthers, you could definitely say the same for the Panthers. Uh, first thing I got to ask you though, man, is what? Let, let's go back to the trade deadline, and I got to ask what your initial reaction was when the news broke that the Dolphins had traded Jay Ajayi to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fourth round pick. Yeah, I, I was pretty frustrated by it actually. I I, I really thought that this was a, an opportunity for Miami to, if they were going to move Jay Ajayi. To get better value than that, and the running back position in general is obviously not one that's highly valued um, for veterans, and especially considering Ajayi only has one more year on his contract, uh, which is the 2018 season. I understand that he wasn't going to have you know first or second round value, but I really thought that they seemed to kind of take the first offer that came to the table uh, with a late fourth round pick. You know, the the best team in the NFL. Uh, the Carolina Pan- or I'm not the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously coming to the table and, and saying a fourth round pick. That just it felt like they were selling low on a guy in Ajayi. Uh, they they were then they really kind of dumped on Ajayi on the way out the door. You know they talked about his knee issues. Um, you know there's concerns about the longevity that how long he can play because uh, he had degenerative knee issue. Um, they they talked about his character and I just thought. I honestly thought it was distasteful. Um, I I think there's a way to handle it when a guy is leaving, and if there wasn't things working uh, as far as the locker room. Uh, but we heard three different reasons why the Dolphins traded him for so cheap, and I just I, I didn't like that. I thought that was a poor reflection on a franchise that didn't need to do that. You just had to say, hey, it wasn't working out, and you know we took the best offer, and and they didn't do that, and I didn't I didn't really like that. Um, but in general, though, they, they traded their most effective and most productive offensive player uh, at the running back position, and now they're left with a couple of young guys who are really more part-time players uh, and, and more physically gifted than they are talented, I think, on the field and polished on the field. And so it, it's already an inconsistent and actually bad offense overall. And so to trade your best player, I thought that was a, a decision that, is a little bit tough to justify considering what they got back. So I I thought a little bit of it, too, was Adam Gase, the head coach, flexing his power. Um, he's very empowered by the Dolphins, and that kind of concerns me, too, because you know the Joe Philbin era, the previous regime, kicked out a lot of talented players because they didn't get along with Philbin, and he didn't want, quote-unquote, difficult players. But I think a good head coach, for the most part, makes it work. And there are always going to be some guys that are just too far, and you know you, you just can't make it work with them, and that's that's understandable. But you know this was this was disappointing to me as far as um, them making it work with a guy that they ended up getting in the fifth round a couple years ago. They found out of nowhere, seemingly. Now um, he was very good with the Boise State, and so um, you know there are reasons that he fell fell to the fifth round though. And so overall, I was disappointed with that trade. Yeah, and, and the whole running gag too was. The report saying like Miami was trying to send a message by trading Ajayi. Well, it was certainly one hell of a message if they're trading their best offensive weapon to the best team in the NFL. Right, with with maybe one of the best offensive lines in the league. Exactly. You go from the worst line and one of the worst lines to the one of the best lines in the league. So it, it just if you're gonna do that, you dump them on the Browns. 
yeah. or you dump them on the 49ers, you know, and it, it just, I don't know. It's, you know, and we saw it in the first game. We saw Ajayi in the first game yeah. rack up, what, like 60 or 70 yards, total yards, um, on just like six or seven carries. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is supremely talented. He may not last more than a couple years in the NFL, but if the Eagles can just squeeze out the rest of this year and next year out of him healthy, it was worth the trade because a late fourth-round pick is extremely unlikely to be a factor anyways yep. uh, for most teams. And if you hit a player, you do find a good player in that range. Uh, you found an exception. You know that's not that's far from the rule. Generally, those guys are going to be special team contributors and nothing more. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of talk about, and then we'll we'll stick with the running backs. Kind of talk about how they did. You know, looking back at their game Sunday night against the Raiders, uh, carries wise, it was pretty evenly split. Kenyon Drake had nine carries for 69 yards. Damian Williams had seven carries for 14 yards. But Williams did have a receiving touchdown, which really helped boost his stats. Um, So we know that Drake is more of the early down running back. Williams is more of the passing down specialist. So looking ahead to this matchup with Carolina, how do you think Miami's going to continue to use these two backs, especially against a tough defense like Carolina's? Yeah, they're they're very... um... They're very interesting backs as far as their skill sets. Um, Kenyon Drake, I think, is the guy that they need to move forward with as the starter for the rest of the year, even though he's less consistent uh, of a player than than uh, Damian Williams. Damian Williams is a very good receiver out of the backfield, only an okay runner. I don't think he's a starting caliber uh, tailback as far as what he can create between the tackles, um, whereas Drake, I think, He's not going to always get what's available to him, but he's also going to spring big plays occasionally. More of a variance type of runner in that regard, uh, which was not the case with Ajayi. And so they had three very bit different backs, and now they're obviously down to the two. I think Ajayi is going to be the guy who gets the, the lion's share of the work. He's the most recent draft pick. Um, of this regime they took him in the third round he's like I said a great athlete get him on outside zone runs get him on pitches get him try to the outside tackle zone where he can really use that speed get into one-on-one matchups with defenders he can use his athleticism to maybe win those matchups I would look to see uh, a lot of uh, it's probably going to be about 50-50 because on passing plays I think that you're going to see Williams get a lot of those snaps and understandably so um, because of his receiving ability and because of his pass blocking is a little bit more consistent than than uh, uh, than Drake. Um, but Drake is still a guy that can hit that home run, and so he's going to warrant those snaps. So it's it's a true committee, uh, 50-50 committee. Uh, I don't think that one guy is going to dominate the touches, but I do think if they're going to start giving a little lion's share of the work to anybody, it'll be Drake just because of – um, his youth, and they they want to probably get those big plays out of a unit that hasn't been able to create big plays. Talking with Ian Wharton here, talk about the Dolphins. Before we get back into it, just want to thank one of our great sponsors here. You know, ever since I started doing this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team are you betting on this week? Is it Carolina or Miami or Detroit against Cleveland? Let me tell you that where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. 
My bookie has been in this business for years, and the reputation is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days. So you think you know who's going to win, right? Well, lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service that's to my listeners that's been good to me, so that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. Because when you win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. So join now and MyBookie will match your deposit up to 100%. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One thing I do want to ask you, too, uh, going into the season, it seemed like the talk was this offense was going to shift more toward Devontae Parker and that Jarvis Landry was going to kind of be a little phased out of this offense. Have you seen a lot of that? Has it shifted more to Parker or has Landry still been pretty well utilized in this offense? Yeah, I still, I still think that we're seeing a lot of Landry in the offense, um, part of, partly because Devontae Parker's been banged up, which, you know, stop me if you've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, Parker, he is, I think, the most physically gifted player on this offense, um, along with Drake. I think these are the two most explosive players. I actually think Parker is the most important player on this offense moving forward. The problem is, is that the most important doesn't mean the best or the most talented as far as his production and as far as his consistency. This was supposed to be the year he really took off, and he hasn't done it yet. He's still been uh, very inconsistent, uh, even as far as just route running, uh, becoming open uh, for Jay Cutler to target him. He really is a guy that you have to put a lot of trust into that he's going to make the play, and he's not super consistent at that. The hope was that he was going to be like Alshon Jeffrey. Um, He just hasn't proven to be that dominant at the catch point yet. He flashes it. And there's reason to believe that he could get to that level, um, but we're in middle of year three already, and he hasn't become that player. And so I think that's concerning. I would actually say that Kenny Stills has actually been the best receiver on the team. Um, Landry's been very good as well. They're trying to use Landry a little bit more um, in different roles with more two receiver sets using two tight ends as well. Uh, We've been seeing Landry run more than just his traditional slot underneath routes, his crossers, his slants, his quick flats. Uh, What we've traditionally seen out of him in the first couple of years, he's still getting those targets, um, especially in three receiver sets. But we've seen him kind of be used a little bit more as a downfield receiver at times. The problem is is Landry's just not very effective in those situations. He's not explosive enough. Um, A lot of how he wins is simply um, by power. And because he's a power player, generally that's going to fit better in the slot. And and he continues to be a little bit more, I think, efficient and effective in the slot in that role. So I think Miami ideally wants to feed Parker, but it's been hard to when Stills and Landry just continue to be more efficient and effective. So if you're Carolina, 
how are you defending those two? What what secondary would you would you match up with those receivers to best defend them? Yeah, that's that's where things get kind of difficult here if you're the the Panthers because you know the Carolina they rely so much on their linebackers to do so much work and so much heavy lifting in the passing game and it works. You know, it, it, they do a really good job of covering up for what I think is a, a pretty poor secondary overall, um, especially at the cornerback position. I'm I'm probably lower on James Bradbury than most. Um, Daryl Worley, Kev, uh, Kevon Seymour, those guys. I think are, are really low end players as far as starting caliber. Um, we see Bradbury sometimes travel and kind of follow receivers. I'm not sure that I would have him do that in this game because Miami's going to use a lot of different packages. And I think that if you can get Bradbury on either Parker or stills, you're going to be happy. You don't want him matched up uh, with Landry or any of the uh, lower tier receivers on the dolphins. As long as he's on stills or Parker, it's going to probably work out better for the Panthers because they can provide support over the top with the safeties, with either Mike Adams, Kurt Coleman, um, or sometimes you can maybe see uh, support given over, especially to Worley and Seymour's side of the field if there's Kenny Stills over there, uh, where you can you can get a linebacker underneath. It's not uncommon to see Shaq Thompson do deep uh, zone drops underneath to help give that inside uh, basically support for especially Worley because he struggles so much cutting on like dig routes and, and deep ends, uh, those type of routes, because he's just so stiff. And so Miami doesn't run an extremely varied attack because the offensive line is so bad. So they run a lot of quick underneath routes. And so that sort of neutralizes uh, their wide receiving core a little bit. And that's going to play into the strengths of the Panthers as well. The Panthers really don't want a deep passing attack that stretches out their defense too much. Uh, because then you're starting to see underneath guys being able to catch the ball and make plays after the catch. Miami is going to play into that a little bit because they're going to play those quick hitting routes, but they're not going to stretch the field as well. Um, so things are going to be condensed, and when things are condensed, when you have three linebackers who can cover as well as the Panthers can, and because you use those uh, corners so much in zone, they're going to be able to keep everything in front of them. And that's going to really work out, I think, to Carolina's advantage. And Miami's going to have to try to break some tendencies and be a more aggressive downfield uh, because I think that's where these corners really struggle. Once the ball is in the air, they generally don't do a great job of finding the ball, locating it, and playing it. They're kind of just following their man and trying to cover them, but they're not extremely effective at that either. So um, I think talent-wise, the Dolphins have the upper hand uh, just from a pure talent standpoint. But because of the scheme and because of the offensive line uh, factors, I think it's it's going to make this more of an even draw. Let's flip over to the other side of the ball and talk about the Dolphins' defense against this Panthers' offense. It feels, you know, at, at base value that this is a defense that the Panthers could be able to move the ball against. Um, other than the front line, it, it doesn't really feel like there's been a whole lot there, has there, on Miami's defense? Yeah, it's 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 been a really good uh, run defense early on, um, but the Dolphins' schedule has also been difficult to decipher. It's been an, a relatively easy schedule. Um, that's why they're four and four too. It's like they've kind of backed their way into some wins um, as teams have kind of made some big blunders against them. Uh, the pass defense is pretty flawed. 
overall. You mentioned like the back seven. Lawrence Timmons has played well. Um, the pickup from Pittsburgh, I think that he's been exactly what they've looked for. But Kiko Alonso has struggled. He was picked on really badly last week by Jared Cook and the Oakland Raiders. They continually went after Kiko in coverage. And that's kind of what we have seen in the last two years with the Dolphins. That Kiko is a lot better moving downhill than he is dropping back after all of the knee surgeries. Um, you can, if you can get him in man coverage, especially with the, the Panthers, with their uh, ability to kind of manipulate matchups with pre-snap motion, um, it's not an incredibly proven uh, group of playmakers, but if you can get like Christian McCaffrey or maybe even Devin Funchess on him, uh, on Kiko Alonso, then you're going to really try to take advantage of that like the Raiders did uh, with Jared Cook. And, I mean, it would it would be helpful, of course, if uh, Greg Olson was 100%, but, you know, with his status, that kind of makes things more difficult because that would be a really big advantage that I think that the Panthers would be able to attack on crossing routes um, and deep out routes especially uh, against Alonso. So we're, we're probably not going to see that, obviously, uh, to that extent with Olsen not, not being in there. But uh, you're definitely looking at Ray Malaluga. Um, the safety play for the Dolphins has been not as stellar as I think we've been used to. Rashad Jones coming off a major injury. He's made some communication errors. Uh, he's always a force to be reckoned with as far as when he comes down and plays the run. Uh, but in past defense, he's been a little bit more suspect this year. We're going to see TJ McDonald for the first time as a Dolphin. Uh, pick up from the Rams. He's coming off a suspension. That, in theory, is going to really help and fill a big hole for the Dolphins because Nate Allen uh, has been just awful. Uh, Michael Thomas and Marie Smith are, are two backup caliber safeties. Um, and Marie Smith is a rookie, and he was kind of all over the place last week against Oakland. Uh, Thomas is a little bit more of like a slot receiver or a slot corner, excuse me. Um, so you're probably still going to see him this game in, in more of that role. Uh, but overall, not really difference makers. McDonald's better against the run than he is against the pass. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use him with Jones. I really don't know what to expect out of him just because it's a different situation. Um, but the Dolphins front seven or the front four, especially is deep. It's a deep group. They literally have um, two deep at every position, especially defensive end. Um, they have five defensive ends that are capable of playing at a good level in the NFL. Um, and that's pretty uncommon. Uh, defensive tackle rookie Davin Godchow is a guy that I think he's played outperformed his draft status a little bit. Um, he's played better than what I expected for him to come into the NFL. He, he didn't show me much at LSU, uh, but he's proven to be a better player in this scheme next to Ndamukong Sue and, and Sue's been just incredible again this year. So I think in the front seven, the Panthers have the advantage at the linebacker level. Um, if they can isolate Alonzo and Malaluga. Um, Timmons is going to be a guy that, that, you know, he's been giving everyone a little bit of, of trouble because he's playing well. Um, but the, the Panthers are going to have an opportunity, not so much. I don't think in the run game, they continue to struggle. The Panthers continue to struggle in the run game. Um, but in the passing game, there's going to be, I think holes, especially in that secondary with Xavier Howard, uh, really struggling in his second year and Cordrea Tankersley. Um, he's having a really good rookie year, but in, he's still a rookie. And so there's still some issues there that, um, just naturally happen from being a young player. Yeah, and I'm really curious to see, especially now, <clears throat> excuse me, after what was a good quote-unquote debut was for Devin Funches as the top receiver, how they continue to utilize him. And like you said, no Greg Olson certainly hurts, um, but this should be the last game that Olson is not there. 
he should be back in week 12 against the Jets. And I almost forgot uh, that TJ McDonald is coming back. I'd, easy to forget that he had that eight-game suspension. But, but, yeah, he's now back. and Yeah, they – they like and they gave him like a four year extension before he Get even played a game. Yeah, did. That was pretty unbelievable. That was like a signature Mike Tannenbaum move. Wow. Uh, I mean, and I like McDonald. Don't get me wrong. Like he's he's the best second safety Miami's had in a long time. But I mean, I I don't understand why you why you extend a guy like before he even plays a game like midway through. Uh, uh, a one-year deal mm-hmm. like that was pretty that was pretty insane so hopefully it works out for Miami they've had some good luck on some of these contracts recently but um you know they they paid market like fr- like true free agent um price tag for him on an extension before he played with the team so that that was really interesting found it funny to the said about Nate Allen um certainly watching him in the Eagles over the years uh you can tell the town level certainly hasn't improved since he moved to Oakland and Miami. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, it's funny. They signed a, a guy, and he was he was a backup for two years in Oakland. And Oakland's drafted and signed, like, three or four safeties in the last two years since he's been there. And it's like, why did you sign him for $3 million when he was a minimum salary type of player? Um, yeah, uh, just – just some weird moves. I mean, the defense has improved. Like, it's not – last year was awful. Um, it was a literally just an awful defense that forced a lot of turnovers. This year they're not forcing turnovers. And it's been an average unit. So, you, like, it's weird because, like, is that a better unit overall or would you rather have a unit that gets a lot of turnovers? Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a strange um, – it's kind of a strange, you know, situation. They benched – uh, and actually released Byron Maxwell, who was probably their best corner. Um, I would say Tankersley is now their best corner, but you know, with, with Maxwell gone, and Maxwell's been dealing with injuries, which is part of the reason that he was cut, and also because of his he's not really fitting the more of a man scheme uh, that they're playing this year as opposed to zone. So it's just it's a it's a strange group. Like it's it seems like the Dolphins are kind of going like by the seat of their pants uh, the last year. Especially when dealing with like this defense that has a bunch of veterans on it, but um, at least to their credit, at least it's been improved. At least it's not been an awful unit like last year. Um, but they they haven't been forcing turnovers though, so that does kind of bode, I think, well for the the Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So what do you think, man? Well, I'll go ahead and so let's get into game predictions here. I'll go ahead and jump in real quick. Um, I do like the Panthers in this one. I think... I think the offense, like I said, should be able to move the ball pretty well. I, th- 
I think against the Dolphins should be able to put up some points, and I think the defense is gonna kind of swallow up the Dolphins. I'm I'm seeing this as a uh, 31-17 Panthers victory, which would be a nice way for them to go into their bye week, get healthy, get ready for the Jets, get Greg Olson back, and get ready for the playoff push. I'm saying 31-17 Carolina. What do you got? Yeah, so the line, Vegas has this line at 7.5 in favor of the Panthers, and the over-under is 39.5. I'm going to go, I think the Dolphins cover um, that 7.5. I think that it's still going to be a Panthers victory, though. I'm going to go with a little bit of lower scoring game. Uh, I'll say that the Panthers win, um, say, like 24 to 13. Okay. Or no, I'm sorry. I, I picked them to cover them. Uh, so let me, let me go 21 to 14. Yeah, I'll just go a little bit more boring. That works. Which would, <laughs> which would also be an under as well. Yes, it would. And, and hey, Ian's good on betting, so if you want to follow him for that. And, of course, he does great work with the with the cornerbacks as well. It's basically all he focuses on. Um Anything else you want to plug or you're working on that you want the folks to know about? Yeah, so this year I am charting um, every single pass play um, for a cornerback handbook, um, which I'll I'll expand more. I'll have more details on that like after the season. Um, but basically I'm, I'm looking at man coverage specifically, um, charting every single completion, um, every yard before the catch, um, average depth of completion, yards after the catch, missed tackles, penalties, um, also using more subject, subjective measures as well, looking at uh, kind of which guys are in position, um, which is a kind of a loose term, but more of like who's within about a yard to two yards of the receiver um, at like the apex of the route. So like when the route is breaking uh, or when the ball is is basically should be there on time. Uh, this was something that I've learned from high school up into college, um, working with programs is it's a way that effective coaching staffs, especially defensive back coaches, um, kind of measure cornerbacks and kind of grade them for their own way. And so I've kind of incorporated that as well. And so I don't grade guys, um, but I do kind of tally how many times, whether they were targeted or not, whether they were in position in man coverage snaps. And so it's going to be a comprehensive book. It's been in the past, the years that I've done it, I didn't do a book format. I just did the raw numbers and kind of tallied them up. It does end up being a pretty good predictor for success, especially for the the next year. Um, it definitely prioritizes process over results, which I feel like is very important for that position. Um, so that's kind of what I'm working on now. I've been uh, been able to uh, keep up with that week by week, and at the end of the year, I'll compile everything, put it into a nice book instead of a uh, instead of a, a draft guide this year. That's kind of what my pet project is. Nice, nice. Looking forward to it, man. It should be. I know, I know it's going to be awesome stuff because you're killing it as always. Ian, it was great fun getting this back together for a night, man. I really appreciate you jumping on and spitting some knowledge on the Dolphins and just great stuff as always, man. really appreciate it. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Uh, it's going to be a great game and uh, look forward to it. And, you know, we'll definitely have to do this again. I, I think that our time spent together the last couple of years has definitely uh, made us – a sharp unit still. <laughs> Absolutely. It definitely carried over after these uh, few months off. So really appreciate it, man. 
Uh, and once again, I want to thank our sponsors at mybookie.ag. Remember, use a promo code locked on to get up to 100% of your initial deposit matched by mybookie. And go to iTunes, leave your Twitter handle and your review, and be entered to win the Edge subscription from Pro Football Focus. So be on the lookout for that. That's it, man. It's, uh, hope you, thanks so much for listening, as always, guys. Really appreciate it. And enjoy the game Monday night, and we'll be back after on Tuesday to wrap things up and start getting you ready for the bye week. So see what we got planned, but hopefully we'll go into it on a victory. So enjoy the game, guys. Have a good weekend. Until next time, take care, my friends. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.